Hi, I'm Abhinav. I'm Madhu. Welcome to the Inspiring Idea Podcast. We interview people from across the world and share their life stories and success formulas with our audience. We hope this will inspire you to achieve your dreams. So, let's get the show started. Our guest today is someone who challenged the status quo by leaving his corporate job when he was at his peak to pursue his passion and started his entrepreneurship journey. Please welcome Karthik Vedanathan. Karthik is the founder of Let Us Play to Learn, an initiative that enables joyful learning through play for corporates and education institutions. He designs games based on solution for impactful learning and does workshops. Most recently, he was a speaker at Malaysian Simulation and Gaming Conference. Let's deep dive and hear more about Karthik's life journey from a corporate world to being an entrepreneur. Karthik, welcome to our show. Good morning. Thank you. It's great to have you, Karthik, in our show. So, Karthik, let's start to go back around 20-25 years when you started your career. So, you cleared actually one of the most toughest exams in the world and got selected in the Indian Institute of Technology, IIT, which is a very prestigious institution in this world. Tell us how it happened and what was your experience studying there? So, well, uh, I grew up in a typical middle-class family. Back in the 80s and 90s, uh, India had not opened up to the world. I mean, it was a closed economy. As you know, that India had liberalized in the early 90s. So the options available were uh, typically very limited. And uh, the, it was medical, engineering, chartered accountancy, law, etc. And uh, coming from a family which is conservative and engineering seemed to be the option out. I mean, if at all you get it and it was very competitive and uh, very few good colleges. So it was all uh, hard work, diligence, uh, good company and you have to attend a lot of coaching classes, etc. And uh, I mean, it's a combination of hard work as well as luck. Because no matter how hard you try, you just can't uh, get it, right? I mean, there are so many talented people who don't make it. I would never deny the role of uh, luck or uh, providence. That's nicely said. And uh, what was your experience studying there? Well, it was uh, fantastic uh, because uh, I think naturally this is one of the best institutions created by the government. Great uh, learning experience, great company of uh, friends and people who made it the hard way. Uh, it was uh, a joyful four years, I would say. Mm-hmm. From a from a purely from a uh, academic perspective, from a technology perspective. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And Karthik, uh, coming back to your corporate journey, right? So you were cruising in your corporate career with uh, two decades of experience. And a few years ago, right, you decided to leave it and start your own entrepreneurship journey. So can you tell us about what was your thought process in doing so? And then taking such brave decision in your life, and why did you have to go through this? Well, you mentioned the word cruising in my career. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that as in, yes, I was doing fairly well. I'm not uh, denying that compared to many others. But then again, as you all know that uh, beyond a point of time, they call it like the midlife crisis uh, uh, hits people, right? I mean, I was like 15 plus years uh, into my uh, corporate life, uh, in the 15 to 20 year uh, band zone. And that too, IT gets to you after a point of time. Uh, in, on the one side, it got the limelight because it was the rapidly growing industry and all that. So it was in the limelight. Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, uh, the industry itself was drastically changing. And uh, the, the point is that you start searching for 
uh, your own value addition sense uh, sense of purpose sense of meaning you start uh, looking for that and uh, over the last 3 4 years i would say 2013 to 2017 i was not uh, inwardly happy i should call it right although the outward uh, the job role pay designations all that was there mm. inwardly i was not happy and it, i was seeking something else but i didn't know what that something was beautiful but i didn't see myself in it for a long time it's not it's not just because of cognizant it was because of it as a whole itself right because fundamentally there has to be a sense of contribution and creativity in the work that one does and there were a lot of youngsters uh, who were doing it well in it anyway and then it got to a point in 2016 2017 that um, uh, i just couldn't uh, i would say manage any longer i had to do something drastic about it and as a god send uh, providence whatever you call it uh, cognizant announced a voluntary separation plan for directors and above in uh, june two th- in may 2017 mm. and that really was a god send and i just grabbed it without knowing what to do next and that it took really a good. couple of months uh, for me to figure out what to do next uh, so that that's how it happened that's interesting so you move from your corporate world job to you know uh, starting something of your own and what i've seen is that a lot of people who venture into startup they think that they have to learn the tricks of the trade from the scratch however there are always opportunities for founders to leverage from the learnings from the corporate world and apply for their startups with your corporate world experience are there any particular skills that you applied when you started working on your own Yes, uh, definitely. There is lot to leverage, and uh, from uh, our experiences, uh, mm-hmm. whatever experiences we have had uh, in the corporate world, uh, domain skills, technical skills, most importantly, people management skills, uh, learn learning from past failures, past successes, everything. Right? It's all there with you. And uh, the thing is, uh, as I said, I was in the in the phase of figuring out what to do next, but. back in 2010 2011 and in cognizant uh, uh, like i had hit upon an idea or rather it was not my idea i had chanced upon an idea which i was uh, kind of experimenting over the next couple of years as a mm-hmm. hobby which is related to this game based learning and uh, that is something although i had not played in an official role since in cognizant uh, i was doing it in an informal capacity to actually uh, drive some of the organizational initiatives Mm-hmm. so that was something uh on which i had to build in the future and that was an area of my interest obviously i was not uh, an expert in that area but i was uh, i had done enough practices so i decided to get certified formally uh, in gamification and okay. uh, and i started uh, exploring that path so that was like uh, something that i leveraged upon my corporate experience that is awesome that is awesome and uh, when you said certification and formal certification per se so for our audience do you have any recommendations for uh, certification on gamification okay uh, this is something that i did way back in 2017 uh, mm-hmm. but i'm sure there are a lot more options i'll, I'll tell you what i did uh, it is a certificate in gamification it's a coursera course by professor kevin weebach of uh, penn state university it still okay. continues to be popular uh, then there are others also available many others available in udemy uh, there are uh, things that uh, yu kai chow uh, he is uh, offering in udemy he is again a gamification guru there are plenty of them out there 
uh, CalCap offers uh, not a not like a certification, but uh, their courses. Sharon Boller, CalCap, all their courses are amazing in their own way. So these are a couple I can think of. That's beautiful, Karthik, and that's wonderful to uh, note for the audience in case they want to jump onto the gamification area. And coming back to your startup, you know, your startup is called Let Us Play to Learn. I think uh, the word is beautiful, and the sentence itself is so good. Uh, why let us play to learn and what problems are you solving through this? Okay. So this again, uh, I used to call, uh, is, see, there's no right word that I could, uh, uh, the industry words were game-based learning and gamification, right? I mean, it continues to be the case. And uh, while, while that we have to use it in the business context for people to resonate with this idea, fundamentally, there is a play or a fun element that is there in all of us human beings right Very i mean true. that's where i it just suddenly occurred to me uh, one one morning on a april 2018 i would say right play let's play to learn it just flashed i mean i don't know how but uh, i thought uh, let's let's go with it right uh, earlier i had uh, experimented with some other names i mean with, i had done with a partner for a short term stint called gamification republic and all that but again gamification is again uh, an industry term so this play somehow appealed to me play uh, uh, let's play to learn. See, what are we all doing lifelong learning, right? Are we learning in the fun and joyful way? I don't think so. At least the conventional form. Uh, yes, there are uh, many forms. I'm not denying that. But by and large, our uh, education, knowledge transfers, uh, learning is very, very uh, boring. Uh, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is very conventional. It is lecture-based and uh, it's, it's information intensive, let me put it Can't that. agree more, right? And especially with online learning coming into play and all that with kids continuously, you know, hooked onto the system, trying to understand what, um, you know, people are talking all the time. So you know, we just have to bring that fun and play, as you said, because then it becomes part of the process. Uh, they don't feel tired. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So is that the problem that you're trying to solve in terms of making learning yes. fun? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, not just that, as we explore further, it's not just for making fun for the sake of it. Uh, in fact, uh, I happened to research even further as I explored. There is a lot of scientific papers, research papers published saying that actually games and play augment the learning process. Mm. There are scientific uh, results published, both qualitative and quantitative, at all age levels. Uh, usually uh, games and play, the moment we say, they will say, okay, we are not children. But that's not true. At all ages, people love fun. Whether you are young, old, medium age, whatever it is, we all love to have fun. Just harmless, simple fun, right? I mean, it's, that's true. it's just that that's we true. have notions that we should uh, not have fun. We should not play as we grow old. So That's true, yeah. And what benefits and impact uh, the game-based learning you feel would have on people? Okay, so I mean this again I'm quoting partly from my experience, partly from the research studies that I have. Uh, I'll, there are so many benefits, I'll probably quote the top three or four. That would be yeah. good. Number one, uh, apart from the fun factor or the joy that uh, a game gives you, which is uh, mm -hmm. given, it uh, enables an environment which is fail-safe. When I say fail-safe, you're, you know, you don't get judged in play or a game, right? When you play a game, there is no sense of judgment. Am I doing right? Uh, what if I go wrong? What if I lose? What if I speak wrongly, etc., etc., right? There is no sense of judgment. 
and mm. that's something very very important in a corporate setup let's take a meeting corporate meeting or let's take a class school classroom right many many of us won't volunteer answering even if the teacher is kind or if the even if the boss is uh, open minded to receive any ideas we will not speak up mm-hmm. the reason is what if we go wrong what yeah. will others think of me because there is a societal judgment that we form around us right whereas in a game the same person will not mind making mistakes in a game losing a game making mistakes is perfectly a part of the gameplay whereas in the real world somehow we have notions that we should be perfect all the time right we can't yeah. make mistakes we can't go wrong so this is very 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 important part of why play and games are needed the second thing is uh, a very close very closely related to this is because it provides this joyful and a fail safe environment you try to do it again and again our mind longs for it mm-hmm. because you, we want to be in protected environments as human beings we want to be in environments which are enjoyable where our failures will be encouraged and therefore we try to play again as we try to play we try to practice the learning see finally practice and expertise and mastery whatever you call it comes out of repetition yeah mm-hmm. now play and games enable an environment for repetition to happen by making it fail safe by making it joyful so it has universal applicability across the board now the third dimension is um i would say uh, immediate feedback mm. typically in corporate world Uh, or anywhere else right any formal training there is this set of training sessions one attends and or even if it's uh, university education school education right you 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 go through a set of modules or set of set of classes and then you are assessed after one month or two months or whatever at logical points right now what happens uh, is uh, there is a gap between your learning and the gap between application uh, or rather assessment right in a game you make a wrong move you immediately get feedback i'm talking about a learning game let's assume you design a learning game yeah you get you make a wrong move you know why you're losing points and mm-hmm. you make a right move you get benefits or motivations or points whatever you call it and it's the feedback is immediate this is extremely crucial and this is a uh, again fail safe feedback just remember that because feedback as it is is very difficult for humans to handle that's true <laughs> and uh, fail safe feedback is ev- is more welcome and an immediate feedback is even more welcome so you get all of it in game based learning that's fabulous that's a very very good summary yeah right. and i think just to add to it is also maybe drive and would make people comfortable doing experiments and yeah. try to innovate as well which uh, which uh, in your normal course of life or your course of work you would shy away from doing it absolutely absolutely everything is but see somehow the spirit of uh, curiosity spirit of exploration gets lost as we age mm-hmm. what we see in a child why is a child young child very creative because it doesn't worry too much about the world around it right or rather uh, it has that sense of resilience and uh, as we grow up we we start judging ourselves we start uh, perceiving judgment by others these are all self imposed curses right uh, that we grow up with and therefore our creativity dips 
we become more formal we become uh, we, we become rigid and therefore our peak potential doesn't come out true beautifully said beautifully said so in terms of um, the real life examples of each of these uh, cohorts that you are uh, trying to solidify i'm not wrong you are trying to um, give gamification concepts to cater to wide range of customers right so how are you how are you can you give us some examples around those sure well uh, i started uh, let me give a small background of uh, where i started uh, including my experiments in uh, cognizant uh, that's when i first started uh, we did a we did a knowledge theme park of gamified artifacts way back in 2012 for a this is for a fortune 500 insurance customer where instead of typical powerpoint presentations we decorated the base with all insurance games in personal insurance commercial insurance life insurance annuities everything was gamified it was made so lovely that uh, it appealed to the junior most software engineer until cxos our client cxos were bowled away and that's when that was the first instinct when uh, uh, first time i realized that this has uh, power there is something that i need to discover the second time i did was with a cognizant uh, manager plus audience where i was in operations and finance cost control it's a, not mm-hmm. a loud job by others i would say it's one of the <laughs> difficult jobs to do extremely painful jobs to be in yeah. uh, nobody likes to uh, be told that you need to cut your budgets right i mean uh, yeah <laughs> it was hell actually uh, driving through the traditional way so what we did was a bunch of us we came up with some gamified artifacts to explain people why cost cutting is needed how your costs are actually being used in a way that is relatable i mean move away from powerpoint let's play games around revenues margin forecasting we we created a lot of games around uh, revenue management uh, margins forecasting then uh, enabling travel ready visa associates you name it all the things in our operations field we gamified and this was honestly this was loved by people managers and above like i'm talking about people with 10 to 15 years plus experience and in fact even at the senior most levels even at the vp svp levels it was uh, really loved so this again i would say that you send play establishes a sense of connect again uh, rather than sending a mandate a uh, corporate mandate or a change management mandate with saying that you have to cut costs you will be held responsible which is of course needed i'm not denying that there is value in that too but an average uh, person uh, a typical person uh, it tends to cause more scare and fear as opposed to a sense of connect which is where these actually help break that and create a, a healthy relationship uh and uh, and just these are not fun i mean none of what i do is fun for the sake of it while fun for the sake of it has its own per, is is good in itself this is fun with learning and meaning is what the way i look at it right you apply games and play in the context of learning so these are the first two experiences and post my entrepreneurial stint mm-hmm. i had about three things that i would like to quote uh, one is the my first and foremost was um creation of a personal finance awareness board game my my last paycheck i okay. co-designed it with another person santosh who is again a good expert in gamification uh it was done for a firm called uh, funds india they are a mutual funds firm based out of chennai 
mm-hmm. and uh, they were uh, doing workshops to create our audience awareness for the general population on various different forms of investing be it uh, your typical uh, fixed deposits in bank gold then you have your uh, real estate then how do you make an average common man aware of investment uh, like stocks mutual funds etc right it's very difficult typically these get done uh, using um, uh, what do you say powerpoint presentations using a lot of data charts etc which is which doesn't which is important but which doesn't have that sense of connect so shrikant who was uh, the co-founder of that firm was uh, open enough and uh, to try out a new method he said why don't you guys create a a board game for our workshop and we created that in about uh, in a couple of weeks time and about two two months i would say and uh, we played it out in their workshop so instead of the traditional workshop uh, where we uh, uh, where the sessions were given in a form of a formal presentation shrikant uh, allowed the audience to play games for the first one hour so that they get experiential learning because the game actually helps you self discover what will happen if you put in in different forms of uh, investments you're making and, people forcefully think yeah forcefully think and joyfully think i would say yeah, yeah. forcefully is there is a strain there joyfully <laughs> think i would say <laughs> good one good one and uh, and then uh, and then that was followed by the formal presentation of course that that is inevitable as i said i never believe that games can replace anything but they significantly supplement or act as a catalyst for joyful learning that's the way i look at it that's wonderful examples and uh, there were two more we created one uh, for crux 108 pravin shekar who's a is a famous entrepreneur he's a marketer and is very very open and to newer ideas he keeps experimenting all the time he's like a is a phenomenal guy he said uh, why don't we make marketing enjoyable he's a marketing guru i would say he's yeah. a outlier marketing guru uh, pravin shekar so he said why don't we create a marketing game so we started uh, working with his team and uh, started evolving a marketing card game called maja he okay. named it maja i mean a very nice name because marketing jack of all trades so he wanted to communicate the concepts of what is outlier marketing what is uh, value addition in marketing what is referral marketing what is building your tribe and uh, so he's uh, he wanted to communicate these concepts and we tried creating a card game with about 40 stories uh, of real life brands which actually exhibit these marketing strategies it was designed along the lines of uh, somewhat similar to rummy card game which is popular right where you need to form sets yeah. mm-hmm. so we created that and uh, this was uh, launched in tycon the indus entrepreneurs uh, conference last year okay so this uh, that, that again was very very popular and uh, that was uh, another experience and then we created one more game for kelp hr kelp hr uh, they do a lot of initiatives uh, their core special initiative was posh uh, Porsche's prevention of sexual harassment it's unfortunately uh, a topic which is very important but again uh, very difficult to communicate or probably i would say make the audience open up right because mm-hmm. it's a very very sensitive topic i mean people are aware but they they don't uh, feel like opening up so this again we needed a tool i wouldn't call it a game because this is not a game unlike uh, the other forms right this is yeah. very difficult to gamify in the traditional sense so we created a activity toolkit called uh, 
it's a card game but it's called an activity to get called what next this uh, has a set of prompts different uh, situations and what are your responses when uh, harassment happens so okay. this actually kelpachar uh, found it very uh, useful and engaging in their workshops because it actually prompted people to think along various different situations and come up with matching solutions it gives awesome. a prompt and clue to the audience because again uh, earlier uh, this year they played it out in their annual conference posh conference in mumbai and it was uh, received very well by the audience so these are some two three examples that i could think of yeah that's that's really good examples so moving ahead kartik uh, the only way to predict the future is sometime to create it and i know that you love learning education ecosystem wanted to hear your thoughts on your on near to medium to long term skills which are required to grow well uh, i think it's partly based on my experience plus also uh, based on a lot of authors whom i have read uh, let me try to combine whatever best i can in the to the best of my memories one is they call it the 21st century skills let me start with that which is the four c's curiosity collaboration critical thinking and communication these are going to be very very essential and uh, so th- these are skills worth uh, inculcating and many institutions the traditional educational institutions uh, or the educational forms so uh, the four c's uh, they are not a part of our uh, traditional education system right barring a few exceptions so these are some things that are uh, worth uh, cultivating i mean communication is never easy lifelong right no knowing a language is not communication because uh, communication is uh, at very extremely important then um, critical thinking of course gets developed in some form or the other creativity definitely needs to be fed uh, for that the continuous sense of curiosity and exploration has to be there lifelong right and creativity is a mixture of so many things uh, and then uh, we talk about collaboration right i mean um, traditionally we have grown in a world where we compete with each other right from a young age grades marks then in the in the corporations again you have uh, uh, ratings uh, bell curve and all that right that has kind of damaged the overall productivity if you honestly ask me now suddenly we can't become collaborative but increasingly uh, the interesting thing is that collaboration also uh, people have started waking, uh, awakening right to the, the the fact that you can't do it all alone um a lot of collaborative things that are happening uh, in the world but again the percentage of competition far exceeds collaboration mm-hmm. uh that is an opportunity to change and uh, see the there is a famous uh, uh, what do you say expansion of the word team right together everyone achieves more right mm-hmm. so that that's exactly what collaboration is all about but it is not easy See, as much as we intellectually realize it right because we have been programmed programmed from a young age in terms of insecurity and the world is competitive and therefore i have to be competitive kind of a thing right uh, i mean you have even in top corporate you have i am the market leader i am the second leader etc etc right <laughs> it never goes away yeah but uh, collaboration is about uh, realizing what strengths you bring to the table and also acknowledging what strengths others bring to the table right if that mm. is an attribute Uh, that that clarity is there then uh, magic can happen wherever it is uh, realizing your own strengths and uh, weaknesses or areas that where you can't perform and vice versa also if you are able to blend the two 
then that will re- really result in uh, superior uh, performance mm, beautiful yeah. beautiful and then there is another completely different dimension which gets ignored uh, uh, in our world uh, of edu- of traditional education which is uh, uh, attributes like empathy mm-hmm. and uh, empathy not just in a human sense but even in a business sense i would say you need empathy empathy is a critical ingredient for design thinking now if i say design thinking people will say yeah but what <laughs> is design thinking all about the fundamental uh, foundation block is empathy right true yeah so empathy has to be brought in from a young age another thing that is worth uh, that uh, is worth cultivating is the growth mindset growth mindset is a famous work of uh, carol dweck in 2008 uh, stanford psychologist if i remember right she has done some path breaking work on uh, mindsets right everybody can improve themselves right mm-hmm. we are not born with any uh, weaknesses or strengths if we choose to we can improvise ourselves with effort it's a, it's a worth work uh, work worth reading uh, the best part is you focus on efforts not the results we are we live in a results focused world right where if you do something you must get results tomorrow and the world glorifies you or boos you depending on whether you win or not so <laughs> effort is happens over a period of time and with that with with effort and self believe everybody everybody can improve so this is another dimension growth mindset empathy uh and then of course um grit and resilience right mm. life is going to knock us all sooner or later it's just a matter of time uh there's no never permanent up nor permanent down right and it's the downs that we all need to learn how to handle and uh, i i continue to learn even till today the uh, uh, how to handle a down period right you go through so many downs in your life and uh, how do you pull yourself up and how do you uh, develop that resilience right how do you keep persisting during down time it's great uh, when you're going through a high right uh, life will be blissful and all that but when you're sure. going through a low how do you handle that if that is i mean the the, the rest of it is like uh, the top i would say the, when the world talks about ai ml analytics uh, or whatever right i mean these are all or any other field these are the technical aspects of it but the foundation is all about uh, the emotional inner being right which is all about these nicely summarized nicely summarized wonderful karthik and uh, how can people reach out to you i've got so much insights on uh, gamification about life the experiences that you have told so how can people reach out to you and what are your expectations from the community so i'm available uh, if you see my uh, background you find that uh, url http colon bit.ly/askp2l this is a small form that i have uh, created just so that i understand uh, what people are reaching out to me for so i'll go through it and i'll be able to respond to them that's the best way to reach out to me because a lot of times uh, th- that way they, i understand the context of their reaching out i can plan out and uh, uh, get back to them and i I'm, i'm available on linkedin uh, with my full name they can reach out to me on linkedin i've written a lot of blogs uh, uh, on all the aspects that i covered both the game based learning aspects plus the life skills uh, that we talked about re- just now right uh, there are a lot of articles there that's another forum where i uh, frequently uh, use linkedin so these are forums by which uh, i can be reached what a great episode thank you so much karthik for um, spending time with us today i must thank you guys i mean you guys are spending uh, time in uh, inviting different people doing research preparing this so um, i owe you a thanks too 
Thanks for tuning in, my friends. We have got thousands of people listening to this podcast and wanted to thank you all for the love and encouragement so far. Some of you have reached out personally to us and thanked as well for producing great quality content. It would be awesome if you like and follow our LinkedIn page, Inspiring Ideas. And please don't forget to hit the subscribe button from where you are listening. We are across all the key podcast channels, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. We will see you with another great episode next week. Thank you so much.